Hi, everyone. And here we are, motivating you to think and live more creatively. I'm Rod Jones. And I'm Angie Jones. Welcome to the Thought Robe Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen, and we are available virtually anywhere you listen to podcasts. That's right. I know people that want to think more creatively will benefit from our weekly show. And what are we discussing today, Angie? Well, today we are going to be speaking with Marianne Prock. She is a formidable talent in the world of sculpting clay, and I'm sure everyone will enjoy listening to her. Oh, I'm excited for this interview. Yeah. You know what? Before you go on to the quote of the day, Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, and I can't ask you what you had for breakfast because you were sitting right next to me. Yeah, you were there. So, (laughs) So my question for you is, what is your favorite restaurant? Oh my gosh. We haven't gone to a restaurant in so long. I don't even know what to say. Well, I have one. Do you? Yes. What is it? It was the restaurant that we went to uh, that was near the Vatican. In fact, it was on the left-hand side of the square, Mm -hmm. way up that street. You walk along this big, giant wall, and there's this little restaurant tucked in there. Mm -hmm. And what I really appreciated about the restaurant, and I honestly have to admit, I can't remember exactly what I ate, but I do remember one thing. I left my passport and my little art bag underneath the table. Oh, I remember that. Oh and my gosh. Yeah. They were so kind. I remembered it when we got back to the hotel. We went racing back there because it was getting late and I knew they were going to close. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when I got there, they like threw their arms around me and go, oh gosh, we're so glad you came back. We they found did. your passport. Uh, they couldn't have been any nicer. They were so sweet and so kind. Oh, I remember that. And you know, that reminds me of when we were traveling in London and our daughter left her purse oh, yeah. at the restaurant. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is not going to be good. We went back and they were so thankful and they were so happy because they were looking for us down the street and they couldn't find us. So they were happy that we came back. Yeah, there's some really incredibly uh, wonderful people in absolutely, this world. Absolutely, absolutely. Kind and considerate. You bet. So, so now that I know. Wait a minute, you never really did tell me what your favorite restaurant was. <laughs> well, I think... How about one domestically? Domestically, okay. My favorite, I think this will be your favorite too though, Rod, is the Macintosh in oh, yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. We've had such good food there and such good times and they've been really super um, accommodating and, and lovely. Now, people are going to think that we just travel all over and eat everywhere, but uh, no. that's really not the case. No, especially lately. I'm sure this everyone can relate to this right now, but really, we don't go to, out to eat a lot anyway. Yeah. We, eat, we eat at home. Well, I like your choice of restaurant. That was a good call. Yeah. So now let's get into this secret, wonderful quote of the week. Okay. Well, the quote is, a sculptor is a person who is interested in the shape of things a poet in words, and a musician by sounds. And that is by Henry Moore, the sculptor. Ah, Henry Moore. Yes. Speaking of Henry Moore, Mm -hmm. I have to share this story. I remember when I was a photographer and uh, I got, I was lucky, fortunate enough to photograph this very prestigious art collection. It was privately owned by a very wealthy individual. And his collection was spread out in his really beautifully designed home. Whoever laid this out 
was must have been thinking about art because virtually every room or as you meandered through the home, you saw all these great works of art. And we're photographing it and we're getting a little tired of being indoors. So mm-hmm. my assistants and I decided to go outside for some daylight um, and right smack in the center of that swimming pool was a very large Henry Moore sculpture. Oh, uh, I'll never forget how that. Beautiful. That I think I found that uh, to be more impressive to me uh, than the Renoirs, Picassos, Andy Warhols, all these other great works of art that were uh, laced throughout the design of this home. I could see that. And the thing that really was um, kind of interesting about this home that you told me is they had a Warhol in their laundry room. Yeah. And I thought, my goodness, this is incredible. Off of the, uh, they had two kitchens, a formal one and an informal one. Mm -hmm. And there's a hallway off the informal kitchen that went down to, like you said, the laundry room. Mm -hmm. And along that wall were uh, a whole row of Andy Warhol uh, works of art. And most of them, if I remember right, were soup cans. Now, you guys, can you imagine uh, all these Warhols leading up to your laundry room? Wouldn't that be a picture? To, to, to like just have this art installation right near your laundry room. And then also you all mentioned about this home where everything just really flowed together, which is quite a, an accomplishment when you have so many different styles of art and sculpture, et cetera, in one environment that's a living environment. Well, he, he was a, uh, a very delightful man, a uh, very loving, kind. I I loved Mm -hmm. working for him. Um, But I I think that part of the layout of this goes to the architect Mm -hmm. and the interior designer. The interior designer had impeccable taste and she just managed to make everything work in concert. So no one piece was uh, competing with any other piece. The furniture and everything just worked incredibly well. I had, uh, I, after seeing all that, I, greatly appreciated the skills of an interior designer. Mm-hmm. And I hope in the not too distant future, we're going to have some interior designers on yeah, our show. That would be so nice. I think that we would like to hear their point of view as well. Now, digressing back to our original topic, which is the life of a sculptor. And that has always fascinated me because they seem like they need a lot of space and special tools to build their works of art. That that sculpting to me has a little bit of craftsmanship involved because you're using a lot of different tools and you're literally building something. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't just happen. And you sit here and you have an idea. You may design it uh, by doing sketches, but then you have to pull all the elements together and then you have to start building it. And you can make a mistake and have to tear down a piece of it and reconstruct it again. It's a, it's a task. It's not just like going up to a canvas and throwing some paint on a canvas. True. And then you were talking to me about um, sculpting in oh, marble we, and stone. Yeah. We Remember think, that? Yeah, we think sculpting almost exclusively being works in marble or stone. Right. But that's not true because you can do it in wood, metal, clay, so many different um, mediums. And then also I was looking up different sculptures and things online because I knew we were going to be talking about it today. 
And one of the ones that go back literally thousands of years, remember Villendorf Venus Woman. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Very, very popular lady. Very popular lady, apparently back in the day and even now because she's so controversial that it has no face. It has some very cool hairstyle. But I mean, and she's rather curvaceous. She's she was the fertility symbol. No wonder. Yeah, but I don't know if you guys realize this, but that sculpture was only four point four inches tall. Oh, dinky! Very small, and you cannot stand it up. It it does not stand on its feet. Um, so I'm thinking she either laid down like maybe they put it under the pillow or on the lady's tummy or maybe on yeah their stomach to to induce fertility somehow spiritually well it's an effigy it is an effigy interestingly enough i think a lot of sculptures or people that have sculpted Mm -hmm. um in historically yeah have done it with small effigies uh native american indians made small carvings just about everyone uh egyptians is, egyptians uh, were yeah egyptians oh yeah it. for sure greeks romans all of them those were they all did it. and a lot of them were effigies mm-hmm. and i suppose some of them were gods that they prayed to well maybe they were like travel size gods they took them <laughs> with each other right yeah well that, you, could, you could be worshiping as you walked around in your toga or whatever as I've had the opportunity to look at sculptures, mm-hmm. uh, I think I've learned to appreciate modern sculptures probably more than I ever have in the past. I know that Thomas More had some impact on me, and I know that when we were living in San Diego, Balboa Park had quite a few uh, modern sculptures yeah. here and there. Yeah. And um, in fact, we used them for photo shoots. But they they really impressed me. I really think I have learned to really appreciate modern sculptures. Mm -hmm. I agree, Rod. And they're also really tactile. Uh, They require almost a craftsman approach in the beginning, and then they end up as original works of art that people can ponder once it's completed. Well, as I've I've had uh, the opportunity to, to just play with it a little bit, I can really appreciate and understand that you got to have good hand coordination uh, to create these. Mm-hmm. Another thing I found interesting about sculpture pieces from Roman times, yeah, um, they were never really meant to be just plain white marble. Uh-huh. Uh, but the but in reality, they were all colorfully painted. It's hard to imagine because we don't ever think of those great marble statues of being anything but uh, white. That's so true. And it's hard to imagine that most, we mostly think of the marble sculptures as being completely white without any coloring or any kind of, like they didn't enhance the eyes as as we could see it, but it's faded away. Yeah. Can you imagine David painted? No, absolutely not. It's just glorious. And the Pietà, glorious as white, because when Michelangelo, sculpted it he did it with such finesse that there's portions that look almost translucent and i think if you were to paint it that would eh, just a little rosh here a little no. burnt umber there oh, gosh, no. um 
just to hide those veins he managed to sculpt into the marble <laughs> so was beautifully. Incredible. That was incredible. Uh, I don't know if they enhance it. I think there's something really beautiful about a pure marble sculptor. Oh, yeah, no. We know that most sculptors learn their craft by sculpting clay. Isn't that right? Yeah, I think so. After some, after that, some of them work in metal, wood, glass, and and maybe go back or work in stone. Mm-hmm. I've had personally, I've had very little experience in working with any of those mediums. Mm-hmm. I think I carved some wood once when I was a kid, but that probably is about it. What about you, Angie? Well, I've worked with clay, and I love the way that it feels in your hands. It's very um, organic, and you kind of really meld with what you're doing and that part I really love. And I love how it responds to different tools and textures that you um, impart onto the clay. And the firing process can be a little stressful because you don't know if it's going to crack or break apart. And I think that's where it gets tricky. And also with um, glazing, I think that can be a little tricky because if you're not really familiar with your glazes, it can maybe not turn out exactly the way you enjoy or want. Yeah, and if you're doing large-scale pieces in metal, mm-hmm. uh, you can imagine how much more complicated it gets when you have to create a cast. Oh, yeah. And then take that to a foundry where they pour bronze or copper. Um, talk about stress. Very, uh, and very. getting back to Henry Moore. Yes. Uh, he no doubt spent a lot of time in foundries because a lot of his pieces are rather large scale mm-hmm. and they're all metal. Uh, and then there's also the people that weld them together. There's giant sculptures. I can't think of the one in particular who does these really large pieces, but they're all welded together. Wow. Goes to scrapyard, finds different pieces of metal and welds it together. But a voila, you have a sculpture. Yeah, you do. You do. And I know you and I have wanted to chat with a very talented sculptor. You bet. Yeah. Yes. And we both think that uh, we think an extremely original person that we're fortunate enough to have today. Yeah. Uh, and I think that not only is their work extremely beautiful, it's very original. And if I dare say, it's very authentic. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like hers. So who is our guest? Very true. Well, today our guest is Marianne Prock, and she is one of those sculptors that works in clay. Plus, she's uh, not only talented in sculpting it, but probably the trickiest part is glazing. Uh, I find that to be the trickiest process. If you can learn how to glaze properly, it pulls everything together. True, and so excited to have her today. Marianne, welcome to the Thought Row podcast. Both Inchi and I have been really looking forward to chatting with you. In fact, ah, we've been yes. looking we've been looking forward to chatting with you for quite some time. Yes, because we see your work on social media. So hello, and it's so good to have you with us today. Thank you so much. I feel the same about you. Oh. I'm really happy to be here. How nice, how nice. Now you are a very creative and talented artist. And we're so excited to talk to you about your career as a sculptor. But before we begin, we like to start our show by asking you what you had for breakfast. Okay, um, I had oatmeal with bananas and um, Mm. cinnamon and almond slices. 
Ooh, healthy. Breakfast. Yeah, so, very yeah. healthy. <laughs> Heart healthy. Good for you. So, well, yes, thanks. And then I know so, when we talked earlier a little bit, you said that you live in a very beautiful part of the U.S. Tell us about where you live. Okay, I live in uh, North Carolina in the northwest corner of the state in the Blue Ridge Mountains. And um, so the, the mountains and the scenery is just gorgeous. And um, we're about 33,000 uh, foot elevation. Oh, okay, and, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you get any snow and, there? Yeah, do you get snow? Oh, yes, yes. We get, <laughs> we get quite a bit, but the, the season isn't very long. Right. Um, so oh, we good. have four seasons, but they're, they're just kind of distinctive, and just sort of um, perfect. Season's <laughs> light, awesome. then yeah. you don't get it too intense. Yes. <laughs> sounds exactly, like the, exactly. Sounds like the perfect place for an artist. It really does. Yeah, it is. And, and because of that, there's uh, many artists in this area, artists and craftspeople and uh it's just a, it's a really wonderful people, and uh, we've been here uh, 24, 26 years. Oh, oh great. long time, long oh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my question for you has to do with your sculptures, and Marianne, mm-hmm. your sculptures are extremely original, uh, and I might add maybe authentic to that. I know Angie and I really enjoy looking at your work, both on social media and on your website, mm-hmm. where we've looked at a lot of your work. Uh, Tell us how you came to develop your unique, but I call it formidable, sculpting style. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, it, it's been a long sort of natural pro- process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I look back at the things I've done um, that have influenced you know, my work, it's uh, things like uh, my early environment as a child um, with uh, my family of architects and artists and just creative people. And, um, and then uh, sidestepping um, an art college to go to um, a school for interior design, um, that really influenced my work, you know, drafting and, and, and that sort of thing. Mm. So, um, but then when I discovered clay, I, I was not happy with um, interior design. You know, it wasn't creatively you know, fulfilling. So um, I took courses at Florida Atlantic University in, in ceramic sculpture. And that's when everything just kind of came together and um, I proceeded pretty quickly with developing a, a certain style and uh, technique. And it wasn't something intentional, it just evolved. And, and I think it's from my, you know, culmination of background and, and uh, just personal, you know, taste and, and uh, you know, my spirit and yeah. all that just sort of came together in what I do, what I've done for like 30 years. You know? Right, and, right. Uh, it certainly so. comes through in your work. We can see. Thank you, thank you. I I was curious. Did you um, ever assist any other sculptors while you were developing your style? Um, No, no. um, Was never asked. Um, Anyway, but um, I have visited a lot of sculptor studios. I have friends that are sculptors, and and um, but uh, I I really haven't worked together with other sculptors. I I kind of like to work just by myself, and and. Mm -hmm. um, I like to you know, focus completely and be totally in the moment and that, but um, you know, I have that's that's fun. Yeah, that's that's really uh, a good. I like that phrase that you said, being in the moment, because that's really important. Yeah, as an it artist, is. 
and really I being so present instead of being, you know, getting into the, oh, I don't know what to do. It's more of, oh, I'm enjoying yeah. what I'm doing. I like that. Right. I, I think it shows. Exactly. I think that really shows in your work. I love it. And I also have Thank a question you. for Thank you. you. Did you have any mm-hmm. mentors that came into your life? That you just went, oh, thank you for like just being here. Um, well, um, family, you know, I had family right. that were involved in art, and um, I really h- hadn't before the internet. Um, mm. I was sort of uh, getting ideas from of what to do through magazines, art magazines, and right. where to apply, and and that. So I didn't really have a mentor until like now, and I've um, met Sergio Gomez. As the art next level, and I've I've um, I'm part of that now, and uh, it's oh, been wonderful. very helpful, very helpful, um, especially during this COVID thing, and just to have a connection and, and guidance as to how right. to um, and about have, the business of art and you have know, an it, art community around you. A little. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I so it's wonderful. So yeah, did that answer your question? Yes, it <laughs> yeah, did. beautiful. Thank okay. you so yeah. much. So that leads okay. me to mine about scale. <laughs> uh, your, scu- your sculptures can be quite large. In fact, some of them that I've seen outside are, are quite large. Um, yeah. What are some of the challenges that you face in each of the sizes of these sculptures that you create? Okay. Um, the challenges would be um, the size of my kiln. I have a kiln that's, you know, people think it's you know, massive probably, but um, the height is 40 inches that I can you know, use at, by 24 inches. So the pieces have to be um, able to fit in that kiln. And so I work in, in sections quite mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. And the sections make the pieces interesting too. I think sometimes when you have challenges, the limitations are very helpful. Um, there's a, a piece in particular that uh, references this. I, I, lost track of the height you know I was into the piece and didn't you know focus on that so it was about five inches too tall so I had to cut the head off um, oh no like a third of, a third of the head off and it actually turned into a really nice design part of element a design element oh and uh, it was it, it's much be. better that way it was meant to be so yeah you had to the, edit the, it then. That was kind of cool. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, it worked out better than it would have. So, But, um, you know, challenges of the size and, and that and for the outdoor pieces. Um, I use steel as well. There's you know, support with, with mm-hmm. steel and, and that. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Because so. it really gives you a, a, a different medium as well as the, the clay that you use. So that mm-hmm. gives yeah. a lot of texture to your pieces. Very impressive, though, if you're yeah. walking through a park and you see one of Marianne's sculptures, I mean, it stands out. Definitely. And also, you have Thank such you. A, a defined style, which mm-hmm. is very difficult for artists to do. You have such a defined mm-hmm. style that when people yeah. see a piece of your work, they go, oh, I know who that artist is. And that's probably that's... the greatest compliment any artist could ever receive mm-hmm. is when other artists or other uh, people that yes. aren't necessarily into art, they go, oh, mm-hmm. I know who that is. I, I, I think exactly. I, I'm exactly. very happy that you've achieved that goal. That's yeah. not an easy yeah. one to achieve, by the it, way. It isn't, yes. And I'm, I'm very happy about that, too. Um, and and uh, there's a gallery that represents me in Asheville, and, and they have a big window in the front, and my sculpture is there, and people often say, oh, that's Marianne Prager, that tell me that they saw my work there, yeah. just driving by. So, 
Wonderful. And they don't slam on the it's brakes nice. and go in and open their wallet. Oh yes, of course they do. Of course they do. No, <laughs> that part, no. <laughs> um, Sometimes. My question is: Is do you principally? Well, what what is your principal material that you use to make your sculptures? It's clay, right? It's yeah, it's clay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then how, how long? It's a, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Mary. Well, I was going to say it's a medium that um, there, there's so many possibilities with using this this material that it's it's just incredible. The shapes, the sizes, the um, surface in decoration or you know whatever it's it's limit it's limitless, and it can be very precise too. And a lot of well, I won't compare, but to other uh, clay originally clay you know seemed to be yeah. Um, more gargoyles and just uh, amorphous shapes and and but it, it can be more precise than that and it is a lot of artists are doing precise work but um, but I just love the medium and it also um, another advantage is that um, I have control over over every stage of the process and so that that uh, is nice too as a yeah. man I don't have to send you, it to you, a foundry yes, you yeah control as a man I really like looking at you. Uh, sculpting with all those tools. I'm always fascinated <laughs> by the various yeah. tools you're using to oh, um, shape yeah. that clay. And you yes. seem to do mm-hmm. it with such finesse. I'm not sure guys have that kind okay. of finesse, but you you drag that tool over that clay and it seems to yield right. everything you want out of it. That's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. That's, that's correct. And and the line work, um, I use a, you know, a knife and inside the lines and it's all hand. It's just freehanded, you know, and somehow that, you know, I'm, if I'm working on it, I work on a turntable. So somehow a line will just end up on the other side at the exact right point, Good you know, for you. meeting so another. Lovely. I know it's just, it's just that it's, so, you know, so in the moment, so, you know, just a, it's a, there's a rhythm to it and everything. And it just, it's, it, it just happens. It doesn't always happen that way, but I'm saying that, you know, it can, and it's, it's a really nice feeling. Well, you'd have to just, Scrub it out, right, and reshape. Oh it. yeah, that's that's easy. No, I mean to to take the line. Yeah, no, off, to have easy. it match up. Sure, I can understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how long how how long does it take you to make your sculptures? Um, it, that depends on the size, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but the minimum length of time to have a finished piece would be like uh, five or six weeks because of drying time. Oh yeah, more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Um, yeah, so um, that's really the, interesting piece, to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it appears to me that with your sculpture starting out uh, as abstract clay figures, how do you manage to create ones that withstand, and we talked about this a little bit, but withstand the outside elements? elements. I mean, mm-hmm. you're like you said, you're in an area where you have four seasons and you have right. snow, which means it's going to be mm-hmm. cold. Yeah. Well, the clay is a very strong material and it have been, has been used for centuries, you know, for decorations, buildings and for a lot of things. Um, but it has to be uh, fired to a vitreous state where um, moisture can't get into it. Mm-hmm. And, and so and that, that's helpful. Um, but it's a very strong uh, material. And I, I use a specially formulated clay that is made for sculpture and, and uh, so that's, okay. that's part of it you too. Must, you must yeah. be bringing that in by the truckload. <laughs> yeah, not really. I mean, it, you know, I do get truckloads like five hundred pounds each time, but um, you know, I, 
I don't ma- you know mass produce them or get you know. No, we understand. They t- take time, so <laughs> anyway. Yeah, five weeks. That's a, yeah, that's a drying time. Is a, that seems to be pervasive in a lot of different forms right. of art. Because exactly. you got to wait for the right. thing to dry. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I ha- do a lot different pieces at once. So you know, I have several things going at once. Now I'm going to be snoopy with my next question. Because when we've seen photos of the interior of your home, where you have many of your art pieces displayed, which I might add are beautifully displayed in your home, Rod and I have noticed that you have a favorite book on your table. Tell us about your book and what it means to you. Oh, okay. Um, It's called O Appalachia, and it was written by uh, Ramona Lempel and her husband Millard. And um, she became a very good friend of mine. Um, I first met her when she uh, came to one of my studio tours uh-huh. about 10, 10 years ago or more. And um, she loved my work, bought a piece right away. And, and um, just she was, she was like a mentor to me and, uh, and she, just a wonderful person. But she ended up with about 10 sculptures and paintings and drawings and uh, just a really fabulous person. Uh, she passed away a year and a half ago. And, oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Sorry yeah, hear that. yeah. But she was wonderful and uh, it's fantastic. So, well, on a little bit of a lighter note, we know you have oh. a loving family. You obviously have one that knows mm. a little bit about technology because you yes. leaned on him today. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> how has their support for you? When you're in the process creating, I mean, where, where, where are they and what are they doing while they know you're sequestering yourself to be creative? Um, is that how they're helping me? Like they help me by moving the sculpture and, and uh, quite a bit, like into the kiln or to an exhibition. You know, there's a lot of physical work that they do. And, um, but is, was that the question? Is what yeah. they do to help me? I mean, and yeah. with engineering, yeah. even my husband, you know, kind of, well, I want this head to do this. How am I going to do it? And he'll, you know, he'll talk, you know, we'll talk it out and, and figure out how it could be done. Like some heads f- appear to be floating in the air, uh-huh. but they're attached. Um, so things like that. Um, no, you're answering it. They're you're just answering. amazing. Yeah, we, we, we yeah, wanted to know amazing. if they were involved in your process. Yeah. Well, and very if so, much so how, yeah. or, you know, like some artists, they'll kick everybody out of their studio and say, I don't need your help. Don't come in here ever again. <laughs> oh, when I'm working, yeah, they don't, they're not there. I mean, they, they have other, better things to do than watch or, you know, just, and I, I like to, you know, be c- concentrating. And well, so yeah, of it course. Works out. Yeah. That way you can My get into the lives. zone. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So. Now, we know from your, from our own personal experience that creating a work of art creates solitude, like we were just talking about. Tell us about your creative experience when you go in the studio. Your routine. Your routine. What's your routine okay. like? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I first of all, I enjoy the solitude. You know, I don't mind it. I, and um, but so my studio is downstairs in a basement. But it's it's um I guess a half basement where one wall is windows and, and there's a walk out to the sculpture garden. Um. So I go downstairs, and it depends on whether I'm working on a sculpture, painting, or or what. But um. I just uh, put on the music. That's that's the first thing. And just, you know, if I'm in the middle of it, I'll just start in again. again. Uh, 
So that sounds lovely. I just have a question though. What what kind of music do you listen to? Um, all kinds. Um, <laughs> like uh, Ryax right now, uh-huh. and uh, Ed Sheeran, um, Chris Bode, uh, uh, Andrea. Um, yeah, we know. Bocelli, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. Bocelli. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wonderful. Quite a broad spectrum. Just, just curious, because I like to listen to music. 60s. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. Mm-hmm, exactly. I used to exactly. listen to more music than I do. I mean, I have a nice sound system in the studio, but I, for some reason, oh. I don't turn it on anymore. I, I think I, I like that. Yeah. I used to listen to huh. classical music all the time. And then yeah. I just stopped and I kind of like uh, just letting my thoughts drift. While Silence, yeah. 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 It's mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. And um, that'll probably change again and kind of go in and out yeah. with that. But my I, question follow up to what Angie just asked you is about the sanctuary aspect of being mm-hmm. creative. Yes. You go into your studio and that's your zone where you get into the your creativity, mm-hmm. but you also mentioned you have a sculpture garden. Do you go mm-hmm. out and I'm assuming you go out into your sculpture garden, walk around, uh, do a little meditation. Does that give you some inspiration? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, most definitely. And just um, being here in this- where I live, it's just a small little um, group of homes, and um, I walk and, around the neighborhood with hills and that, and, then, and that's very nice. And there, and, that sounds so nice, just, so lovely. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. We have trees all around, and it's quite pretty. Just so lovely. I know this is going to be a tough question, but that's why you... we ask you and not ask it of ourselves. <laughs> I know, like don't ask us. <laughs> it's easier we'll to ask, ask somebody else this question, <laughs> right? Because I don't know what I'd say, but I know that. Oh dear. Uh, well, what is your philosophy about the value of sculptural art in your life? Um. Well, I can only speak about my own art or my my, my own sculpture. Yeah, and um. It just is a source of joy for me. You know, when they're finished and I'm living with them, they seem to have um, personalities, mm-hmm. individual personalities and an energy. And, um, you know, it's just uh, really pleasing. One of my favorite places to be is in the living area where um, I can sit and look at them and and, uh, mm. and, and just, uh, it's it's nice. And it's nice that, that, you know, you can walk around them and touch them and, and that, um, do I sound weird? No, in your no, particular case, it, it seems to me, I mean, art, art does talk back to the artist. I've fact, I wrote an article about that one time mm-hmm. and, um, you reconnect with it and you see things in it that you didn't even realize that you, True. uh, added to it or put into yeah. it and sculpture. I don't need to tell you this is 3d. And, and mm-hmm. one time you mentioned, right. or I heard you say that the nice thing about your sculptures is you can walk around it. They have a front and mm-hmm. a back. It's not just something that mm-hmm. you have to stick in the corner so nobody can see uh, all the wires and the magic the behind side. it. Yeah. You, ah, can, you right. can walk yeah. around yours, which is a, a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Very true. And in a, a lot of them, they, they have two fronts. So, the fronts are connected, and yet um, they're, they're different. You get it, you know, to, uh, quite a different look if you turn it around, and you know, if it does happen to be against a wall, you can turn it around. 
Well, I can't, I can't wait for our, our listeners and Angie will give information a little bit later, yeah. but I can't wait for them to check you out and look at you know, the fine work that you're doing. My question related to this is um, it's hard for some people to understand the amount of work that goes into making a sculpture, especially I believe if you're working with clay and similar materials. Uh, your works have a, a, not only are they very original, but they have a commanding presence. Oh, yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think, what do you attribute that to? I mean, they, they really, I mean, it, it's hard to imagine that when you look at a piece of art through a piece of glass on a, on a computer or an iPad or a phone, God forbid the phone, but it's hard to imagine just the energy and the beauty that's that uh, your work is emoting, if so I will. So true. I agree, Rod. Yeah. So what do you, they, what do you attribute are, that? No. no, no, go ahead. Well, I, I, they are better in person, if I can say that without uh, sounding. Of course you can. Yeah. Every every artist are. should say that because it's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And um, there is a tremendous amount of work that you can't see and, and uh, you have no idea what's involved, especially like dealing with glazes and what glazes will um, run, what won't, what what ones are fired at the same temperature. So, you know, there's a lot of um, thought and whatever uh, goes into just color. It's not like with a painting where you can just mix the paints and just use them. You have right. to really um, think things through pretty carefully. Well, it's mechanical, um, right? I mean, it's a mechanical yes, it process. You're actually, yeah. build, and yet, you're actually building something from scratch. Yeah, I start with a, just a bag of 25-pound bag of clay and, and use several of them. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing what you can do. Um, what else was I going to say? That's okay. That's, you that's it well. And then, okay. you know, I, I am really kind of amazed when you are able to predict how your glazes and finishes are going to turn out in the completed pieces once you've kilned them and, and cooked them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, so that is such a creative process onto itself. So I'm like in awe. This is so cool. Well, and the glazes um, are a totally different color than they will be when they're fired. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Because that's the case. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's when you do you that, it's like you really have to have a very good control of your medium. And for that, right. it's and, amazing. And be able to visualize you know, what it's actually going to be. Because yes. it can be confusing that, you know, you're seeing gray and you know that's going to turn, turn like a black, black, black or whatever. So, exactly. yeah, it's interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Now, if someone wanted to pursue a career as a sculptor, what would be your advice? What would be your number one suggestion? Yeah. If they're um, just starting just out. Just make sure, well, I don't know. It just, if, I would think that um, you know you have to really be passionate about about sculpture, about mm-hmm. what you're doing, because mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of work. But yeah. um, if you if you really love it and uh, you know, are willing to put out the, you know put in the time and, and effort, then I think it's great. Go well, ahead. You, you have obviously been very dedicated Absolutely. to it. It certainly shows yeah. uh, through your work. And then um, we know, or we have seen some of your three D. Uh, wall art that looks like a combination of sculpting and painting. Is this something that you've been experimenting with? It's it's very clever. Some of the stuff so you've cool. been doing. Thank you, thank you. Um, 
I started with a project. I had belonged to a group of 12 um, artists. It's called Art, Ma- Art Mix. And it was a project that they came up with to do something that represented you. you know, it was called Inner Landscape. And so I, I came up with this the three-dimensional, two-dimensional, because that's who I am as an artist. Yeah. And, um, and it was on a wood panel, and I just loved doing that. And uh, so I just uh, did it again in a series, because I usually don't work in series, but um, I just uh, love the concept of, of the two, two mediums. And um, I think, too, as a sculptor, I think like a painter as well as yeah. a sculptor. Yeah. Because, you know, dealing with color and line and texture and everything, I, I, I think both in form and in the uh, two-dimensional surface when I'm looking at my, or when I'm working on my sculpture. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed doing that uh, series and, and uh, they were quite I'd nice. like to do something with it later. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they're quite nice. Right. Thanks. And then earlier you were talking about your family room. And most people have a family room, but mm-hmm. tell us about yours, because I think this is so cool. Well, um, just next to my studio area is a room that um, we've devoted to uh, sculptures that aren't being shown anywhere else or in our house. So, um, But when they're all together like this, they look like you know they're, they're talking, they're communicating, they're just sort of... Mm-hmm. hanging out together part of the family so, yeah part part of the family and that uh you know one day one of you know they're going to be adopted and whatever it's just very strange <laughs> but, but uh, it, it's fun and when people are visiting my studio and that they walk in and just say wow this is amazing um but that it's must fun. be so and cool. i have yeah and i have a drawing that my sister made of my family a caricature of us all and we all look kind of bizarre but it's very well done, and so it's called the family. So, oh, nice! Uh, my story, nice. yeah, yeah. That was such a beautiful, so. upbeat answer. I love it. Now I'm going to oh. I'm, I'm going to hit you with <laughs> oh, something that's a little maybe <laughs> on the opposite side. Um, do you ever have doubts about what you're doing creatively? Um, I well, the, the work itself, I don't doubt, and it sounds strange that I don't. I mean, I could have a bad piece or that, but I never have doubts about what I'm doing, but I have doubts about, um, you know, making a living at it. Like, am I crazy that, you know, is this ever going to be, you know, I mean, I do make a sort of a living, but it's, uh, yeah, about the work, I I just feel when I'm working, it's just, it's happening the way it's supposed to happen and, and people respond so beautifully and, and, uh, and have, um, I always like I always like to say I always like to say people just need to know you're alive and well and you're creating and they'll true. find you. Very I mean, true. you're you're unique mm. enough to where, I mean, you're already been discovered and you'll just continue to be discovered more and more. Uh, Thank you. Worrying about how you'd be compensated with it—that's the plague of every creative person. Oh um, yes, definitely. But I like the your answer about your confidence in your creativity that really and that shows in your work i believe thank you i think too when i'm in the studio i'm most myself you know i feel confident i feel you know energized and um sometimes that's when i feel i'm most myself and it's a wonderful feeling sure absolutely Well, a secure environment of where you feel comfortable and you feel like you're you're true essence really comes out, I think. And that's mm-hmm. where 
It shines. Mm. It definitely shines. Um, My question is, is where do you see yourself in five years? Um, Well, I, I have um, occasionally will visualize myself um, speaking to a group of people that absolutely love my work and maybe in a major museum and uh, with a retrospective of my work. So maybe that is where I'll be. But, um, But then I thought, well, if not, you know, I'm probably where I'm meant to be. You know, in this journey, you know, I, a lot of times you think, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. I really, really want to be. But um, mm-hmm. in fact, where you are is, is actually where you really need to be. So anyway, does that make sense? It uh, does. It's a beautiful it answer. It does. Which, which leads me to my one. Um, my question for you is, what do you want to be most remembered by? What's the one thing you want people to remember you by? Um, well, I'd like to be remembered for my sculpture and that, um, that it uh, was significant and that, uh, that it had a place in the world, in the art world. And that um, a follower said a really interesting thing uh, along this line. He said, I hope you are remembered. And I, I thought that was very, very nice thing to say. And, uh, well, I'm pretty sure you will be. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Such a talent. I never knows. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And my question, I asked this, um, I think that we started it a couple of episodes ago, but the answers were so interesting. And I would love to know what you have to say about if you could sit on a park bench and chat with anyone from the past, who would it be? Um, I think uh, George O'Keefe would be the person that ah, I'd like to okay. sit with. And I, I love her work, and um, you know she's such a strong and stoic or was uh, person, and uh, just be to be in her presence, you know, it would just be amazing. Would you like to have a hat like hers? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Don't we all? She had a cool hat. <laughs> and be fo- and be photographed by Stieglitz. Oh, yes. <laughs> It's, it's always nice when, when Angie and I first met. I was a, a, a photographer and was for quite some time, and so yes. I couldn't quite figure out if she liked me because of who I was, or uh, is it because oh I was always gosh. taking photographs of her. Great. So, <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm sure, it's both. It was both. It Probably. was both. Probably. I admired your talent, yeah. but I really liked you. I thought okay, you were good. you're a cool dude. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Marianne, you've you've shared some really interesting thoughts and ideas, uh, very insightful, I have to say. I think both Iggy and I uh, really appreciate you taking the time and letting us interview you. Uh, Our audience is going to love this. You are so genuine and so forthcoming with your feelings and your thoughts. It's not only uh, reflective in your art, but also in your charm and your personality. Absolutely. We're so happy you took the time. Oh, yes, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm, I'm so happy that you invited me, and, and uh, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. And also, I wanted to let everyone know out there, if you want to know more about Mary Ann and her artwork, we will have links in the show notes. And also, under the show guest tab, on our thoughtrowpodcast.com website. So everyone can visit Marianne's website and learn more about her. And please don't forget to connect with her on social media. So thank you. 
Thank you, Marianne. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much for being wonderful. on the show okay. today. All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you. We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband Rod and I, wishing everyone a great day.